We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? It is time for yet another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe. I am. Christy Winter Scott, along with my guy, as always, Gabe Ibrahim, and we are sitting right here courtside on the Herb Hoop Stats Podcast Network, and there is so much to discuss. I don't know how we're going to get it all done, Gabe, because so many great games. I don't know if you call it upsets when two top 10 teams battle each other, but a lot of top 10 action this week. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a lot, and like you know, there's the there's Thanksgiving coming up, and we hope everyone's gonna have a lovely Thanksgiving. And I feel like in my mind, I was like, oh, you know, I get to take a little break, you know, hang out, <laughs> hang out with the family, you know, really relax and chill down. And it's like, nope, we have way more top ten matchups this week. We have yeah. so much more basketball that's going to happen over Feast Week, and yeah, you know, it started out with a bang uh, on Sunday, in my mm-hmm. opinion, with Maryland Baylor. Uh, South Carolina UConn going on yesterday. We have a new top 25 out, and then we have awesome matchups coming up. So I just am really, really pumped, and I'm like overstimulated, which is great. Yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's like I'm just like like always looking around, like you know, I'm waking up in the middle of the night thinking like, oh my god, like what 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 is actually Wusu gonna do <laughs> against Stanford or NC State? I know. I know it's crazy. You know, I watched that game, the the um, UConn South Carolina game, and then I had um, my high school practice from coaching, and I went into that practice and I, I had to shoot. I was like, before the kids were stretching, I was like, I just had this like pent up, like yeah. I was like so fired up after watching that game, and then all practice. They were like, coach, are you good? I'm like, man, I don't know. I just watched that game, so I'm like, and I didn't even have coffee yesterday, but I was like, mm, on a thousand, it was fun. No, I need, I'm going to go shoot later today because I am, I do need, I need to like do something physical instead of just watching basketball. Although we are, I mean, I love, I love watching basketball. We love making content for you guys. We've been doing a ton of it. Uh, Go to our YouTube channel. We have a, a a video on Ashley Wusu that I did yesterday um, Mm -hmm. talking about all of her stuff. We're also going to do a Bahamar 
uh, tournament preview that should be out later today or tomorrow, today being Tuesday, tomorrow being Wednesday. So go subscribe over there and follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, at HerHoopStats. Uh, that's the plugs, but you know, yeah, now I need to go shoot some hoops. So I just like get away from a screen for a little bit. Yeah. I've been reading so much about this. Uh, oh, good. That being said, well, I'm going to read some more stuff off a of screen right now. Okay. Cause we have that, we have that new top 25. Um, Let's go. Christy insisted on yeah. looking at it before <laughs> the podcast. I wanted to tell her, but she insisted on looking at it to make sure that her votes were correct. Do, do you have any qualms about what you vote? Well, let me, let me say the top five. So we have yeah, top five. Mm-hmm. Maryland, number two, mm-hmm. the Turks coming in mm-hmm. at number two. They they go up above Connecticut, who falls to three after their loss yesterday. Indiana mm-hmm. moves up to four. They were there last week, so they stay there. NC State, mm-hmm. Baylor, and Stanford all stay at five, six, and seven. Iowa's at eight. Arizona's at nine. And Louisville's at ten. And those two teams flip-flopped? Something like that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Arizona was 11. Louisville's 10. So who's number nine? Oh, Oregon. Oregon drops to 15. So that's the... Right. That's the top 10. Um, there's a lot going on down ballot that we could also get into, but just that yeah. top 10, how do you feel like the voting shook out um, versus what you have? Uh, you know, it's, it's always tough, right? I mean, mm-hmm. especially when two top 10 teams battle each other and, you know, the yeah. one and two play against each other. So that's a lot of pressure for them, obviously, but, you know, um, no pressure, no diamonds. I always say that. So <laughs> here we are. But I think I like that, you know, Maryland moves up to two, although right now they're struggling with illnesses and injuries, which mm-hmm. is, you know, while on paper or on screen, we're saying like, well, Connecticut lost and now Maryland goes to two. Yes. And that's exactly how I voted. I think a lot of other people obviously yep. voted that same way. But, you know, I, I just hope that they can stay healthy uh, you know, they're going to the Bahamas for this tournament you were just talking about. Um, the Debbie Antonelli is is running down there, which is awesome. <laughs> but, um, you know, hopefully they can stay healthy. I mean, Diamond Miller went out in that Baylor game and she only played 10 minutes, you know, after only playing four minutes in the previous game. So it, it's tough. You no know, Katie Benson, no Faith Masonis. And, uh, you know, I, I just hope that they can all be on the court. Because if they're all healthy and ready to go, that's a dangerous looking number two team. Um, But while number one, South Carolina state dominant. So, I mean, there's no question. I think um, I like Michigan kind of more in that top 10 area. Um, I know Arizona had to prove themselves after their, um, their upset last week that got them into the top 15 and now they've bumped up into the top 10. So I don't have a problem with that either, but I just think it's, you know, you're one win from dropping five spots or one win from moving up, you know, more than five spots is what we've seen so far this year in the AP poll. Yeah, no. And, and so you have Michigan eighth, they're 12th uh, behind Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee got a big win against Texas. Uh, they did. It was that yesterday or the day before, I think it might've been Sunday. Um, that, yeah. been, that was Sunday. So they, they get a big win. They drop up five spots, like you're saying. So it, it, saying. it's so early in the year that, you know, you take these with a grain of salt, like you're saying, mm-hmm. in that things are going to change throughout the year right. and they're going to yeah. change next week because almost all of the teams that I mentioned play each other. So right. <laughs> pretty That's much everything. Yeah. So next week we're going to see, we're going to see where this all shakes out, but we, we mm-hmm. should get into what happened. Uh, over the weekend and Monday, yeah. um, I'm counting Monday as a weekend because that makes it yeah. Easier. Let's count it. It's a holiday but week. <laughs> we we were both at the Maryland Baylor game. You were calling it. I was hanging out. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a blast. It was an awesome game. I, I thought yeah. uh, both teams 
really showed me something. I was impressed by both teams. Maryland comes out on top 79-76. There's a really late mm-hmm. run by Baylor to make it that close because Maryland was a little bit in control. But what did you see from the Terps uh, that was impressive before we talk about some of the things that we, we have concerns about, like those injuries you were mentioning? Right. I think for Maryland, I mean, just the resiliency, right? I mean, they only went seven, eight deep on the bench. They they had eight dressed and then Miller went out. So they had seven. Um, Emma Charon, the freshman, she didn't come in. Um, the star mm-hmm. from Switzerland, she didn't um, have any minutes. So they really played six players like after Diamond went out. So yep. seven players in total, but down the stretch, six players to rotate and then Angel Reese had those four fouls. She got that charge, and you could see that uh, Brenda Freeze and staff, they were pretty incensed by um, her attempting that particular play. Okay, Uh, I I do want to say one thing about this, because I was watching that. I was like, oh, cool, Angel Reese is going to bring the ball up the court, going to pass half court, pass it to her point guard. And she was like, nope, Leroy (laughs) Jenkins time. I'm going right to the rim. I was watching Brenda Freeze, because I was thinking in my mind, like, oh, my God. And I just look at her. I see, her, you know, you, you see the, the light click as to what's happening. Oh, yeah. she's and she's like, like oh, oh, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Because she saw the dominoes stacking up, man. And then they just fell right there. And that was critical. I mean, the timing of that was critical. I mean, that was her fourth foul with a chunk of time left in a close game mm-hmm. with a short bench and and Angel was doing great while she was on the floor but she needed to stay on the floor and you know some of those decisions I mean she's only a sophomore and you know she only played 15 games of her freshman season last year because of her foot injury but at the same time like if I'm her teammate I'm you know we're we're yelling like kick it out kick it like no like excuse me like mm -mm, time score your fouls like no like you have to Make not, a, a cognizant decision, but she did come up big down the stretch with the end one. Though. Look, not every big is a point guard. Bigs, not you're <laughs> not all of your point guards. As someone who has very little talent in this sport, I try. I try to bring the ball up. Sometimes it never goes well. Like yeah, just get the. You have one of the best point guards in the country, and Ashley yeah. Usu. Just get her the ball, and it's probably gonna go okay. And she did that though, like you're saying. She she made those. She learned from that mistake. Uh, her friend, freeze made sure she understood what happened during that mistake yeah. very clearly. And, yeah. and uh, she, she recovered and had some really nice plays actually passing yeah. the ball after bringing it up half court to Ashley Wooson. And they had like some give and goes and stuff. So yeah. she was awesome. 17 points, uh, nine rebounds in only 19 minutes. But right. I, I, I was thoroughly impressed by uh, how she rebounded from that. Cause I think last season, she kind of, I don't know if you felt like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like in the game she did play, like she would make a mistake and then that would kind of linger on throughout the game. And this okay. game, she made the mistake, got over it, kept making plays at the end. Right. I mean, I think that comes with competitive maturity. And right. I think that's what we're seeing in Angel Reese right now and only her second season in um, the NCAA. So I, I just think for her, she just has to stay in that moment, understanding all of the factors of that moment as well. But you were talking about her rebounding, um, not just mentally, um, yeah. but rebounding physically, physically. <laughs> out of the court. Like she was amazing. What a machine. I mean, she had those nine rebounds, but she came into the game, Gabe, averaging seven offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. So and that's exactly what she had in the game against Baylor. Seven of her nine were on the offensive glass. And she was just a terror when it came to her long arms coming out of nowhere, finding crevices to get in and, and get extra possessions. And that was basically the story for Maryland. I mean, their second chance points, that was a story all game. Yeah. 
And that was keeping them afloat and ahead because Baylor kept coming. Melissa Smith, my God. I mean, she had 30 points. It wasn't like they were battling against this team of like, you know, all (laughs) all five players having six or seven points in this balance. I mean, they did have several players in double figures, but Melissa Smith, okay, that's my first time seeing her live because COVID and everything, you know, we haven't been in arenas. Oh boy. I mean, if she's not pro ready today, I don't know who is. I mean, what a phenomenal talent. What a skill set she possesses and so tough to guard her. She even hit a three. I mean, that was like her only three of the season. (laughs) But I mean, she was doing everything for Baylor. And she was doing it largely without getting entry passes. I mean, I I really like Sarah Andrews and Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis had 29 Mm -hmm. points. I didn't even realize that. I knew she was having an awesome game because you watch her and she was controlling the pace and really playing, playing, um, you know, just very mature. She's a, I think she's like a six year senior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's fifth or six year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she, she's playing great, but they really couldn't get Melissa Smith entry passes. So it's like those 30 points were hard. were hard, yeah. tough sledding for her and she did it. And I think the, mm-hmm. my favorite part of it was watching, her and Angel Reese rebound against each other. Cause there was, there was what I like to call some big girl rebounds. You know, there are some, you grab that ball, you slap it because you knew you had to get away from everyone. Protect it. Um, I was just really impressed by Melissa Melissa Smith's skill set. I mean, I, you know, we, we knew, we kind of know that she's, I would put her Mm -hmm. one, two with Ryan Howard in the draft for now. Um, And, you know, I think just like you see a lot of, the skill set as a roller, as a, as a complimentary player. And then you kind of look up and she has 30 points because she's that type, she's that level of player that can kind of control the game and, and you don't really realize how much she's scoring. Um, so I, I thought she was great. I thought Andrew Reese was awesome. I love seeing those two battle and they actually got into a little tiff there. Uh, a little something, a little, little verbiage. A little something. I like that. I like that. That's you know, curricular. <laughs> don't don't be afraid don't be afraid to get in people's faces because it, this is an emotional sport so if you have those emotions let them out um but i do i do want to mention a couple more things for um maryland i talked a lot about ashley Wooster already mm. but lord i mean she might be my favorite player in all of college basketball honestly That's like true. the dribbling you know how strong she is how quick she is and how she she plays i, I say this about kyle lowry with the miami heat all the time mm. they play with such pace but it's controlled yes. pace. She gets mm-hmm. that offense going at 27 seconds. 27 seconds on the shot clock, three seconds into the shot clock, we're down court, we're playing. Yeah. And it's not because we're flying, it's not because we're running so fast, it's not because we're tying ourselves out, it's because we're in control and we want to get mm-hmm. those cracks at the apple. And she dominated that pace all game. And it wasn't like a super efficient game, nine of 23 uh, from mm-hmm. the field, but it was really impressive overall. So did what'd you see from Awusu in this one? Everything, (laughs) everything that I wanted to see, listen, and more. Okay. Just to add that and more on, because first of all, she attempted 23 shots. So she's obviously the focal point of the defense uh, for every single Mm -hmm. team that that Maryland's going to face. So speaking with Nikki Collin prior to the game, she was talking about how like Courtney Vandersloot, Ashley Mm -hmm. Owusu cannot get downhill. She cannot get two feet in the paint with the basketball or she will find a way to kill your team. And the fact that Ashley, they knew that about her. And the fact that she got up those 23 shots, she created so much offense because of those shot attempts. She Mm -hmm. opened up the floor because of those shot attempts. And yes, Maybe it wasn't like as magnificently efficient as we would like to see in terms of percentages. I think she got what she wanted. And I think she broke the defense down, especially that one. I almost lost my mind. I was (laughs) leaning 
on Sloan Martin. I was like, uh, th- it was insane. Like she came down. I thought she was going to shoot it. Yeah. I didn't even see Bibby in the corner on the right side because I'm watching her skills and she went behind the back and crossed somebody and boom, boom, boom at the top of the key. And then all of a sudden kicked it to the corner wide open yep. is the lightning striker in Chloe <laughs> Bibby. And she nailed that thing. And then the ceiling just blew off of the Xfinity Center at that point. I mean, it was just her playmaking ability, whether it's her ability to score herself or set her teammates up magically. I mean, it was it was a beautiful thing to watch. It was yeah. it was poetry in motion. She has the defense and the constant scramble, you know? So it's like that when you, when you beat that one player, it's like there's complete panic from Baylor. Mm-hmm. And it's not because they're a bad defensive team. They're really good. I, I think they're a little new and they're still getting used to each other. Yes. Nikki Collins system. But she still had them scrambling. And I think the reason why Maryland works so well is like they have players who kill you when you're scrambling. Chloe Bibby, Mimi Collins, those players mm-hmm. are going to hit the shots in, in, in the right. They're going to be in the right places. You're going to hit the shots when they're called upon. And I was really, really impressed by those two. And I, I think they are kind of what makes me really excited about this Maryland team is that mm-hmm. they do have those two bigs and Angel Reese. I think when you put that together, it's like, well, you have so many options here. And then when this team gets healthy, and we can talk about the concerns now if you want to. When this team gets healthy, I think they're just going to have so much talent, so much options that they're going to be the best offensive team in the country. But they do need to get healthy first. And I think that starts really with Diamond Miller. No question. I mean, it was just such a concern because she took herself off the court. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, let me just hang on until a dead ball so I can get myself subbed out. She went right to the sideline and straight to the back. So for me, I mean, my little alarms were going off because right. I was like, oh no, like she was just making her way back. You know, she'd only played four minutes against Mount St. Mary's. And then as we said earlier, 10 minutes against Baylor and she was just coming into it. Like she missed her first shot badly, but then she got into it, um, was making plays defensively, knocking shots in a little bit. Um, but just her presence on the floor, I think, changes what Maryland looks like yeah. in terms of threats at all five spots and what those threats are. Um, and no slouch, obviously, because even with the short bench, they were able to win yeah. over right. a, a tough Baylor team. So. Um, yes, they need to be healthy. Uh, no, Katie Benson, we found out right before the game, you know, about an hour and a half before the game that she would not be able to play. And then Faith Masonis missed her second consecutive game and, you know, undisclosed illness uh, for both of them. So that's, it's just, it's frustrating, but at the same time, you're, you're going to play with the hand mm-hmm. that you're dealt. And I hate to say that so cliche ish, yeah. but it's like, are you, are, what are we concentrating on? Are we concentrating on the pieces that we're missing? Or are we concentrating on the pieces that we have here ready to go to battle together and find a way to win? No. And I think obviously they took the B train on that and yeah. figured it out. And they figured out that we can still rely on one another. Yes, we're shorthanded, but we're not using it as an excuse not to go mm-hmm. hard. And you have to credit Brenda Freeze. And she yeah. was she was given that um, coaching excellence award prior to the game. And that's a lot of pressure, like for yeah. a coach to get something like that, knowing that you're shorthanded and playing a tough team at home like Baylor. Um, but Brenda Freeze um, somehow finds a way. I mean, I think it's the 20, 20th or 24th time in her 20 years that she's beaten a top 10 team. Oh, wow. Um, I saw that today on a little um, social media. So <laughs> I, I think, you know, what she's been able to do in her 20 year career has been simply amazing. And, you know, they've been shorthanded before when they went to the final four and Alyssa Thomas's era at Maryland. Um, I remember they weren't practicing 
they couldn't practice. They didn't have enough players. They wanted to rest legs because they couldn't run, you know, a two hour practice or whatever Mm -hmm. and expect them to play hard in the games. They didn't want to burn their legs out. So I just remember all of the strategies and and decisions that were made because of their shorthandedness. And maybe we'll see that again now. Yeah. And they need a smaller trophy for the wooden award. This is a small thing, but like (laughs) this really the the pyramid of excellence does not need to be the size of an actual pyramid. Like we can make it slightly smaller because I felt so bad. They tried to, they were going to, they, they wanted her to hold it for a picture. They wanted Brenda Fries to yeah. hold it for a picture. And it's like, I don't know how you lift that thing. It's probably like 40 pounds and it's, and it's just like a thick thing. And you know, there was no one helping her. I was like, please, someone make sure the trophy does not fall before. Right. But I think she did a great job. And I think also a lot of yeah. credit to Cheyenne Sellers. Like she played 39 minutes in this game and yeah. she's a freshman. And what, what a bright future she has I, I noticed you know she was only she didn't like have a great box score game when she was two for seven seven points she got to the line a couple times and she but she just did you know she just made little plays here and there you know mm-hmm. filling the lane on, on the fast break you know mm-hmm. she uh got blocked to the nether world on a fast break <laughs> and she just you know she popped right back up and got right back in the game so yep. it was she she has the mental toughness there and i think she is going to have a really really bright future when this team eventually turns over to her in probably like two years, because Mabusu's a junior and Miller's a junior. Mm-hmm. This team's going to turn over eventually. And I think it's in good hands with Sellers. I really oh, like yeah. what, she, what she showed. Um, but yeah, I mean, health is going to be a big deal for them, uh, especially yeah. this week. I, As I mentioned, on Thursday, before you're sitting down for Thanksgiving, you can watch this game on Flow Hoops, Maryland versus NC State in uh, – nice. In Debbie's Bahamar tournament. Also, mm-hmm. shouts to Debbie Antonelli for planning a tournament in the Bahamas so she gets to go to the Bahamas in November. I know, I know. We didn't get our we didn't get our invites or our tickets. So we have to talk to Debbie about getting down there next time. Well, no, no. Well, I already told her I was like, I'm going. Next year. <laughs> I was like, I'm going. I'm going next year. I don't care if I have to go as a fan, but I'm going because yeah. what what a what a great what a great gig, you know? Uh, that yeah. she's playing she's playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. Yeah, uh, and then they. Uh, <laughs> little little game right after that, two days after for Maryland is Stanford. Is they're going to take Stanford on? So, mm-hmm. I, when you have a situation like this, mm-hmm. and you're so short-handed, and you're going on this trip, how do you strike the right balance of like you know we practice? Do like how much do we practice? Do we just do yeah. walk through? Do we chill mm-hmm. on the beach? Like how do you re- to maintain focus while also like keeping people rested um, and loose for these big games? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. And I think it's it's also understanding who you're coaching mm-hmm. and understanding what's best for them, because I think this is going to be different for every team that mm-hmm. way. Like for some teams, it may be better just to watch a lot of film. Right. Some teams, it may be better to walk through some things. But I think collectively, either way, if you go either way with that. I think you have to rest legs. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, with two huge games like that, um, I just think you have to be physically and mentally prepared to compete and you don't want to go overboard that way. And, and as coaches, that is such a fine line to draw, but you also, I mean, especially now, like back Mm -hmm. in the day, who would be practicing like yeah. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> I mean, I was on a team, we had eight players and we never had like a light practice day. Like we went hard all the time. Like forget it. We didn't have practice players either, but you know, break out my violin. But anywho, I, I just think that, you know, now there's been so much more research done on rest and recovery and, 
and what that means for the mind and the body. So I just think that it would be really, really smart and wise to watch a lot of film mm -hmm. and maybe walk through some things, some actions, how you're going to cover, you know, defensively on some yeah. things from your opponents, um, personnel, knowledge from the other team is going to be big. I think you have to understand what your opponents like to do collectively, but also individually, what you're going to force them into doing, um, force them into their weak spots um, and not give them their sweet spots. And I, I think for, for Maryland, I think players like Cheyenne Sellers, I think she's going to be an X factor yeah. regardless of, you know, gaudy stat line. She has not, to be notwithstanding. Right. But she's, she's got to come in and bring that, that fire and level of intensity. And I think that's what she did in the Baylor game. And had she not done that or not been mm -hmm. able to do that, like she was out there and was not able to provide that, that lift and that punch of energy, who knows what would have happened in a one possession game. Come right. on, Gabe. And we're just telling the truth out here. So it's, it's, you know, it's magnified in situations like that, but sellers, I know um, Brenda freeze told us before the game that she reminds her a lot of Shatroy Walker Kimbrough. I, I, man, I, like I thought to, that too. Did you see? Mm -hmm. And I like, I, she reminds me, I see Shatori also, but I, I'd love the comparison between her and Kyla Charles as well. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like a combo and not just, you know, I think just the way she moves on the floor, like defensively in particular, yeah. because Kyla Charles guarded every, all five spots. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's be clear. And I think, you know, as a freshman to be compared to a player that, that um, is that flexible with where you can put her on yeah. the court, especially defensively, because kids think, okay, you're going to get on the floor because of your offense. Mm -hmm. And that may be part of it, but I think a lot of it has to do with your awareness on defense right. and how many different positions we can plug you into to help us on the team. So I, I think, you know, kids, if you're listening, it's not always about your buckets. Like, can you get me a stop? And I think that's what uh, Sellers was able to do against Baylor. Yeah, no, she, she was awesome. But yeah, I think they just kind of stand the same. Like I was just looking yeah, at, I was like, yeah. they just kind of have like the similar posture, her, Tori Walker, Kimber, like they just have a similar posture. And I, I don't know, right. it seems to bring an, an interesting energy um mm -hmm. to that group and you know we obviously could talk about maryland all day um <laughs> but we do we should stop at some point because we, we have a lot of time to talk about this team um i think they're going to big heights and we're gonna see we're gonna know a lot more about them by the end of the week um yes. or not depending on how you feel about these injuries so we'll see where they yeah. are though i think i mean yeah. they got a great coach i will see them in march be the team mm -hmm. that they are but if they can come through this stretch here without two huge players for them and possibly a third without diamond. Like, all right, we're talking about the best team in the country rather than one of, um, right. I did want to mention Baylor just really quick. As I mentioned, yeah. uh, Jordan Lewis and Sarah Andrews really impressed me. Melissa mm -hmm. Smith's excellent. As you mentioned, uh, there's, you know, like eight scouts from the WNBA there and they were there. Hey, there's a lot of great players on the floor. We, they were all there for the show. We, they, they we were. all came, they all came for the show. Um, yeah. And Queen Agbo's is nice. I think they're, you know, first off, they're getting reset new system. And second off, I just think, you know, there's kind of, it's a, it's not the perfect mix for winning in March. And we'll see, but I think they certainly have a chance in the Big 12. And I think that Texas Baylor game this year is probably going to decide where they're, what's going to happen to them. And I'm looking at their schedule now just to make sure there's not, any other huge games? It doesn't. They have Michigan in uh, on the nineteenth of okay. uh, December in a okay. neutral site. I don't know what kind of tournament that is. Maybe your cat I knows. I don't know. Um, I know. Well, Dewey's having singing a song. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, yeah, they have Michigan. And Michigan's obviously going to be a huge game, but they have some time to figure it out. But did you see anything from Baylor that, you know, that should make me a little bit more confident of what their mix is going to be when it comes to March? Yeah, I think they're still ironing some things out under Nikki Collin and, and what she brings. I mean, she's one of those basketball savants, Gabe, yeah. who studies the game. I was learning. I was taking notes, talking to her yeah. you know, prior to the Maryland Baylor game, just on her philosophies on defense in particular and. And some of the reads on, on pick and rolls and what they call it and why they call it that. I mean, I honestly had like yeah. actual notes and I was asking her questions. I was like, okay, the game is coming up, but tell me again on the, on the screen. <laughs> I mean, like, what is that called? Like, and she was telling me all this stuff and, and, and it was really fun, but um, she's just one of those um, people that breathes and lives the yeah. game. And I just love uh, talking to her. And I love that she's taking this challenge of yeah. going to a team that, you know, has won three national titles and uh, a perennial um, tournament winner in, in the big 12. So I, I, you know, for them coming into the Maryland game, I know the last five years they have led the country in defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that's going to take some time to get back to because yes, you have, you know, two of your starters back from last year's uh, deep uh, postseason run, but at the same time, you have a new coach that's coming in with a new way. Uh, a couple of new words and terminologies are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just going to take them some time to iron out what Nikki Collin expects from them. But boy, what, what we saw on Sunday was pretty darn good. The and Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I think, you know, they're missing three starters from last year's team and they still came in seamlessly um, under new direction, you know, less than 10 games into the regular season. So I, I still think it's hard to quantify what they're going to look like, but I think the sky's the limit just because of what they look like against Maryland and the adjustments in game that they were able to make. And they made a strong run at the end. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just a tremendous game. So I, I'm excited to see what Baylor continues to look like uh, moving forward because it's not just about Melissa Smith. I mean, they have yeah. balance and they have three point shots. I know Brenda Free says this is the most um, in terms of volume of threes that we've seen from a Baylor team in a long time. Yeah. So I think you're going to see some really good inside outside balance from Baylor this year. We've seen a lot of inside um, prowess over the years for, for that program. But I think now you're going to see a little bit of both. Yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting. And it's also like Nikki Collins getting used to the college game. I think, uh, I don't remember if you or Sloan said it, but she had mentioned that she, you know, she had rarely seen zones in the Uh WNBA. And now pretty much every game in college, you're seeing, you're having a a zone thrown at you. Um, and so those, those types of adjustments take time, not just for the players, but for the coaches. So Mm -hmm. they, I'm sure they'll look better. I'm just a little concerned about, you know, just, just how much is around Melissa Smith. Cause you're right. It's not just about her and Jordan Lewis is awesome as I was saying, but just kind of, you know, how can you, can you get the ball down to your, are you taking good threes? Are you able to get those stops when you need it? Like it has to come together for me first before I believe in, in the right. Baylor team being like a national title contender, but certainly the talent's there. Certainly the coach is good. And mm-hmm. certainly they have way more potential uh, right now to get better because of, because yeah. of all those things we mentioned. Um, no doubt. You want to talk about South Carolina, UConn? Do I? Yes. Do I? 
<laughs> do I? I do want to mention any other podcast <laughs> on women's basketball starts off with South Carolina UConn. Not this one. That's right. We're talking Maryland, but whatever. Let's get in South Carolina. Yeah. Because we were courtside for the Maryland game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also <laughs> it's very predictable on the on our podcast that we would talk about Maryland first. We're DMV. Uh, we're DMV. So. We're in DMV, folks. But let's. <laughs> the, this game was awesome. Seventy three fifty seven South Carolina wins. They hold UConn to three, one, two, three points in the fourth quarter as the lowest point total we have recorded in D1 this year. I believe, I forget what our stat was. I will look it up as we were talking, but wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, I knew, you know, I said South Carolina's best team in the country. I, I would pick them to win the title. Yeah. With some special, Christy. Yeah. Something special is is cutting them short. Listen, this team <laughs> is is built from the neck up. Yes. You hear me? Yes. From the neck up. Any other team in that same game, Gabe, when South Carolina went down by 13 points, you could mm-hmm. easily look at who you're playing, look at the jerseys. You see Paige Beckers. You see all the great players mm-hmm. and the great names. You look over, you see Gino. Are you going to sink into that? Mm-hmm situation or are you going to rise and fight the South Carolina team they rose and they fought and that's how they got that win I mean wow 16 to 3 in the fourth quarter alone but they had 42 rebounds so only 42 rebounds insane (laughs) 42 to 25 advantage on the glass and that's just heart right and, that, yeah. and that's neck up for me. That's neck up. And I just think that they just played tougher. Yeah. They played tougher down the stretch. And I think with, uh, you know, I think it was about three and a half, maybe four minutes left in, in the regulation. And Dawn Staley was like, hey, get the ball back out. They were getting mm-hmm. offensive rebounds and she's like, get the ball out. But I'm sitting here in front of the TV hollering, <laughs> get the ball back out. You yeah. know, it, it's like they just they did it the right way. And I think there were maybe a couple of times where, you know, there was some situations where they overpenetrated and Don was like, no, kick, get it out. Like, we want to burn the clock. We don't want to give them chances. Um, but I think that only happened once. And so <laughs> we were talking about correctables, like yeah. with the Angel Reese charge. Okay. She didn't do that again, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the same thing with South Carolina when they tried to rush things for what? Like we have the lead. There's still time where they can do some damage right. if we permit it, right? So sometimes your best defense is not allowing them to get touches down there and to be extremely patient and squeeze the shot clock on the offensive side. And that's what South Carolina did. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, I hate that strategy most of the time, but it did work here. And I think it, it works though when you when you have a team, like you mentioned, that is built head up. And I think Don yes. Staley mentioned this. She At the beginning of last year, they lost that game to NC State. And I think she, mm-hmm. she mentioned, I forget the exact words, but it was like, I want some more nasty. I want some more, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, some more grit from this team. And she felt like mm-hmm. she had to ask the team for that. And then after yeah. this team this year, she was like, I don't have to ask this team for anything. I know right. we're going to be fine in, in the mental aspect of this game. And it's just mm-hmm. if shots are falling. And in this game, they slowed down the pace. They got really what made that pace work. Of, of trying to slow the game down at the end was that they just were eating UConn alive on the offensive <laughs> glass. And this UConn team is no slouch when it comes right. to the offensive glass or no. rebounding generally, but they just couldn't handle Aaliyah Boston and, and this just awesome front court that South Carolina has. And I just think, you know, they, they know each other. They know how good they are. They have a great coach and they're mm-hmm. ready. They, they, to me, look like a team that took last year as a lesson the entire yeah. season 
not just losing that last game, but the entire season of they let teams get too close to them. They let teams around too long. They didn't finish off the games. And now this year they're finishing off those games. They're beating people and they just look, they're getting, you know, uh, contributions from everyone. Like Destiny Littleton came in, just call off the bench, hitting threes. And it was was like two huge threes. And then you just had, yeah, Henderson, who I love, and I've said that on this podcast since I cook, again, who I love, and I've mentioned on this podcast, all around Leah Boston, who she doesn't even have to be that sort of like supernova star player to to have this team win. Uh, She still had 22 and 15. But she doesn't need to to be like just the best player in the world for this team to win. I don't know. I don't see. Right right now, I don't know if you agree with me, I don't see anybody catching up to South Carolina right now. Hmm. I agree. I agree. Especially, you know, you can say that prior to a one, two matchup with UConn, but now that they've proven themselves the way that they proved it, it wasn't like a buzzer beater at the end. They were scratching and clawing all game. Yes. They came back from a 13 point deficit, but my God, that fourth quarter, they -hmm. were phenomenal. They were phenomenal. And the fact that they were able to do it at that juncture of the game, that just proves to me that they're mentally tough enough to continue on through the season that way. Yep. And even if they get down in some games in the SEC, you know, they're going to be able to fight back because of the confidence that is going to be built from the way that they beat right. a number two team in UConn. And I think uh, Don Staley said it best. And I love how we get access to yeah. the, you know, the post game. And, you know, there were no like water fights or anything like that. It's almost like they expect to be where they are right Mm -hmm. now. And the fact that Don Staley said, this is our time to me, that solidified it. Not that I needed it to be solidified, but I think the fact that she said that she said, it's our time now Mm -hmm. and, and told the players like she was going individually, like you stepped up, you came in, you weren't playing well, but you're coming around and you came up big today you played great. Like she was just going around the entire locker room. And I just thought, you know, she just has such a, a great way with her players oh, yeah. and, and relationship wise um, when she knows which buttons to push and whether that results in a win or not, she's always going to be there for those kids. Yeah. And I, I think that that's really special to be able to, to take a peek inside of the locker room, especially after a big game like that. And I think they went on the water rides and all the <laughs> You know, all that afterwards. So they had a little fun after they won, too. Yeah, they have, you know, they have, like, their only three-game stretch this year where they're not playing a ranked team at the moment. And then, oh, they have Maryland, Duke, and Stanford in three games back-to-back before conference play. So they do get a little chance to chill, though, at least for the first time all season. But, yeah, I don't – I just think this team is so ready. So ready. Um, and they just know exactly what they need. They know exactly what spots Mm -hmm. to get to. And and they have such great confidence. I think Zia Cook, she hit that – I don't even know how you – how you would categorize the shot it was like a falling away it was a junk shot you get you get stuck in your pickup game and you're like well (laughs) i have to shoot this now i'm just going to turn around shoot it and she made it and i think that's just kind of emblematic of what this team does they they understand they're going to get in a jam at some point and they Mm -hmm. were in a jam in this game i mean how many points were down by like they they were down 13 13 right so they they were down first half substantially in that first half they got in the jam and they just figured out their way out of it and you know they kept playing they were cool they were confident i think that's a little different than what we saw last year for as good as henderson was last year she's a different point guard this year for as good as boston was last year she's a different player this year in terms of in terms of the 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 head you know neck up And, and that's look that's what makes the difference when it comes to march that's what it really does 
with, with everything. I mean, it makes a difference with everything. And I think, you know, with Aaliyah Boston and I think um, Carolyn Peck, I think, asked Don Staley after the game mm-hmm. on the sideline there. She said something about Aaliyah Boston, like, you know, that that one put back away yeah. Yeah. from advancing last year fueled this team or, or looks like it has fueled the team. And 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 Don said, no question. You know, yeah. it's you know, when you fall short, sometimes. Well, not sometimes. I think all the time yeah. it, it takes losing to win and oh, yeah. you have to understand what can get you over the hump. I mean, you can look at the great, great players on, on both sides, you know, men's and women's basketball, you know, it took them losing to win it. Like for mm-hmm. UVA men's basketball, it took them losing to UMBC to come back the next year mm-hmm. and win it. It took the mystics. They lost to Seattle and mm-hmm. then they won it. So it's like, sometimes you just have to, to go through that. And it's unfortunate, but you have to go through to get to another one mm-hmm. of my favorite quotes. You have to go through it to get to it. You can't just land at the top. So sure. it's a process. And I hate saying a process, but you have to go through the rigors, yes. you know, to gain the reward. And, and that's what South Carolina I think is riding on this season. Yeah. No, I, I think they're they're gonna they're gonna get there. I think we'll see. I mean, you know, it's a long season. There's a lot that it could is. happen, but I mean, they, you know, they just have so many so many players. They're so deep and they're so good, and they have like they have three of the best freshmen in the country, and they're all on the bench. I think Ra- Raven Johnson got hurt. I don't know if she's she did. She hurt her knee. Is she out for the year? She's out for the year. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I, they I showed her on briefly. the bench. Yeah, oh. and that's that was kind of devastating because they were looking for her to be. Right. quite a, a huge piece. And then, you know, just real quickly, we flipped to UConn and, yeah, yeah, you know, AZ Fudd, you know, after hitting six threes against South Florida, the, the night before the South Carolina game, she had 18 points, all of them on threes. She didn't play a substantial mm-hmm. amount of minutes in the South Carolina game. And, you know, we're not sure exactly why. And, and I don't like questioning coaches about players playing time, yeah. you know, um, cause I don't like to be questioned <laughs> as a coach. So that's pretty much why I don't like to do that, but I, he has a reason. I mean, he's who he is for a reason and, and no shade whatsoever, but it was a bit surprising not to see her on the court a little bit more. And I know it has a lot to do with matchups on the defensive side. And what I was going, what I was saying earlier about, it's not just about what you can provide offensively, but you know, mm-hmm. what are you doing on the defensive side? And maybe he didn't like the matchups on defense. And this is just my personal opinion. Right. Don't come after me on that. I'm just trying to figure out how she can go from having this spectacular game against South Florida and then turning right back around and and really not seeing the floor much, especially in the second half for UConn. Right. Well, I mean, it's probably like her matchup was like three inches taller than her. How how tall is AZ? (laughs) Like, Because her matchup would have been Latissa and me here, who is more mature, bigger, stronger, and taller. And it's just like this, this South Carolina team, you almost have to just go opposite. Like you can't, you're right. not going to outbig them. You're, you're not going to outbig them. They're going to dominate you on the glass. You have to figure mm-hmm. out a way to be efficient enough in other areas to beat them. And I think that's, I, yeah. look, I'll question Gina. Um, like <laughs> I don't, I, I would have gone, I probably would have gone with that with AZ um, mm-hmm. or just to go small. Cause like, Hey, we're not going to win the, we're not going to win the battle of the boards. We're not going to get post-ups. They're going to eat us alive no matter who we got down there. So let's just go small and kind of try to outrun them and try to hit threes a lot. Um, And, you know, I think we do get to see this matchup again, January 27th. We get to see this matchup again. So uh, I was actually just, I went back to uh, Pat Summit's book to read just a little bit about her relationship with Gino because she has some amazing quotes about Gino. Oh, wow. Sum it up. Great book. 
Um, but she was talking about one year where they lost Tennessee lost to UConn mm-hmm. and they came back in the tournament and they stomped UConn. Yes. Said the reason we won in March is because we lost and we had to we had to completely change everything we did. If we did if we won the game in whenever, I think it was like January or whatever. Uh-huh. If we won the game in January, we wouldn't have won in March because we had to rethink everything we did against that team. And I think that's what's going to happen for UConn against South Carolina. I don't know if they're going to win in January, but I think it's this game is going to look completely different, especially yes. when AZ Fudd gets those minutes where you trust her mm-hmm. on defense, where you trust her to make those plays. And when this team kind of gels a little bit more, Gino called them stubborn and they don't want to, you know, they, they don't want to play, yada, yada. You know how co- – this is how coaches get. They make, they do this as a thing. Um, but I, this team is really, really good. Obviously they're UConn. They have so much talent, but they're going to need to change uh, to beat South Carolina specifically. I do think they have the right tools to do it with this group though. Yeah, I, I think they do. I mean, I think they have the balance. I think they have, you know, Paige Beckers. I mean, it, it can't just be her, just like yeah. it can't just be Nalissa Smith for Baylor. Like, I think they need everyone on the same page on both sides of the mm-hmm. court. And I think, you know, down the stretch, I mean, they just had some uncharacteristic turnovers mm-hmm. back to back. And, you know, the timeout didn't come. I think, you know, I think Gina was trying to let them yeah. work through it. Like, look what you're doing. Like, yeah. figure it out. And, and that's trusting too. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to get in too big of a hole. And I think that's what was created down the stretch as well. I mean, I think they had, and I could be wrong because I didn't mark statistically yeah. like how the play-by-play, but I believe there were four consecutive turnovers, or at least three consecutive yeah, turnovers like where they scored, where South Carolina scored right off yeah. of them. Like back to back to back to back. And it was just like, wow, you could just feel the game slipping away from UConn. And then it got down to time and score and, you know, South Carolina doing a, a tremendous job of utilizing the clock. Yeah. And like we said before, getting deep into the shot clock and not giving UConn any chance to to get any momentum back. And that's why they only had three points because they didn't have opportunities to score in the fourth quarter because yeah. they were squeezing the clock and they were turning them over. So it was like, you're, you're taking away opportunities, you know, stealing and getting in gaps and then coming down and scoring. And then when you do get into the quarter court, you're whipping that thing around. Hey, we're not shooting for 10 passes or something like that. Hey, we're not shooting until eight on the shot clock. And that ball was just moving around. And it had to have been so frustrating for UConn because they were like, we're running out of time, right? They felt, and they felt the pressure. The ball. They did. And, and it's like, we just turned it over and mm-hmm. they scored. And now they're holding the ball. Like it must've been so frustrating um, to be uh, on the UConn team for yeah. that game in that moment. Like that was tough. No, it, it totally wasn't. It's quicksand. You know, I always talk yes. about this, a terrible <laughs> football movie called the replacements, but it's like quicksand when one thing goes wrong and then another thing goes wrong, then another thing goes wrong. Then, and then suddenly you're drowning. You only have three points in the third, in the fourth quarter and we're coming down the stretch. Unbelievable. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's what happened to them. And I think honestly, Gino did this on purpose. Look, sometimes if you have a team that you think is stubborn, you got to let uh, them lose. You got to let uh, them lose. And, and let them and let them say, hey, maybe we do have to change or listen to coach. And, and Pat, yeah. this Pat did this on, on several. Well, never. They don't look, Gino and Pat are never going to lose. Um, but they do kind of play these sorts of mind games in which you want to get your team more invested, more bought in. Uh, but, you know, hey, look, you're not you got to take more than eight yeah. threes. You got to take more than eight threes against UConn. I know South Carolina was pressuring you. I know South Carolina was kind of forcing you into that mid-range and this team loves to operate in the mid-range, but 
Yeah. You got to take more than eight threes, man. Like th- that's your advantage. That's your advantage in this game is your right. outside play versus oh, their inside yeah. play. You have yeah. to take more threes. And I, I want to see a little bit more um, Tarasi-ness from page mm. Beckers. Like, okay. just, just say like, you know what? F it. Like, it's on me. Like, I'm just going to take every shot. Like, I'm going to pull up from 35 feet. I'm going to shoot from wherever because I we someone needs to take the shot. And right. I think that's that kind of – maybe that will change a little bit too. But we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not too yeah. worried about UConn. The only player I'm really – I'm worried about in UConn is Olivia Nelson Adota who okay. has been, I mean, I'm, I have very, very high expectations for her. I really like, you know, you see her frame, you see the way she moves yeah. and yes. you see these time, you could see the, the flashes of when it clicks for her. Mm-hmm. And she's one, she's one of the best centers in the nation when that happens. She is. And other times it's just infuriating. You know, she had five blocks in this game. She also had four fouls. She also yeah. missed, she also missed two free throws. She, you know, it, it was just like, and the timing of those mistakes Right. It's tough. And I just want to mm-hmm. see a lot. I want to see her be the player she is. And if she's not going to give you everything though, for, for mm-hmm. me, as I was alluding to earlier, take her off the court and go small. This team, yeah. this team with its perimeter talent, you can play pretty small and you could probably get away with it. Mm-hmm. I would just, I would vote for that. But you know, that's the one player I'm asking for more of um, from, from UConn is Olivia Nelson. I want to see more from her. Cause I, she has it in there for sure. Yeah, well, no question. And going back to what you were saying about Paige Beckers, and yeah. I think they, uh, Carolyn Peck was discussing on, on the broadcast that you have Gino Ariema saying you need to mm-hmm. take more shots, right? And she's a great distributor and initiator mm-hmm. of offense, get it. But like you said, she's got to step into those moments with a little more moxie. Mm-hmm. And, and not that she's not able to do that. She just needs to get used to doing that when there's some stagnant offense going on for UConn she has to be that that player but on the flip side of that your opponents are going to know that you're going to try to be doing that so it's going to be a challenge but I think she has to step into that and embrace Mm -hmm. that role for the team Um, Nelson Adota as well I think yes you can go small because I think obviously now South Carolina being as big as they were across the board they're going to have to guard you too. And that's right, always right, what right, I like exactly. to say when you, when you have a big team or you're going against a small team, you know, you don't want to match it by going small. Sometimes you're like, well, we have an advantage with our size, so we're going to go big. Right. Okay. Um, and you can flip that around and say the same thing. So, I mean, you don't know until you try though. And we really mm-hmm. didn't see that small lineup. So maybe in that game in January, we'll see a little experimental small lineup from UConn just to see if South Carolina can match that in terms of speed and pace and three point attempts more than eight. Right. Um, but Nelson Adota for me, I mean, she's just a, a phenomenal player. I, I love everything that she brings to the table, but you know, down the stretch, those fouls, like it, it, you know, it did them in. And then it takes away from how aggressive she can be because she does want to block shots. Like mm-hmm. with the five that she got, she, she wanted to get four more obviously and got called for fouls. Yeah. So she's going to be going after things, which I appreciate. I love that about players, but you know, there has to be a moment for her as well to yeah. step into what value she brings to the team. And not only that, to maximize it and to be efficient with it and not get those fouls yeah. and, and just stay disciplined on defense. Because when she's disciplined, I mean, she's magnificent, right? Yeah. With what she's able to do and, and what she's able to disrupt in the paint. No, I, I really want to see more from her. And I, you know, I think I'm just like so high on her. This is a, yeah. this might be an issue of like my expectations for a player. <laughs> 
um, are a little bit higher than, than maybe they should be. But I just think she has mm-hmm. so much talent and I really want to see her shine uh, in UConn. And she can, and she has, and she probably will in this season. You know, there'll probably be right. a podcast where I get to say, I told you guys, look how much <laughs> talent she has. Um, in November. You know, right. Hopefully yeah, it happens. She's she, she, I think it'll, it, obviously it's UConn. It'll be all right. It's just when they right. get to, we're getting to a point, right? With these teams that we're talking about up here, these Maryland's, your, your Maryland, your UConn, your North Carolina State, your South Carolina. Those teams, we're talking about the final four. Yeah. We're not talking about the, you know, we're not talking about the first round, the second round, right. when your conference tournament. I'm talking about the final four. When you get there, what yes. are you going to look like? What right. are you going to look like when you get there? And then we'll see. I think UConn is going to look better. Just how much better they're going to look. They have they have a ton of tests. Uh, you know, I'll do my little schedule read. They have <laughs> Notre Dame on December 5th, then Georgia Tech on the road. Um, Georgia Tech actually just lost to Auburn. So slightly, that. slightly less juicy. Um, right. But I, I'd still like Georgia Tech. I think they have plenty of talent to make that a good game. They have UCLA mm-hmm. and Louisville. And then they get into their biggie schedule. Um, and then they have a big South Carolina game in January. So I think they're they're gonna have a nice little stretch here to kind of you know play some good teams and pick up steam against against teams that are good, just not as good as them. But right. they have a long, they have a long way to go because they they also struggled in that South Florida game. And South Florida is damn right. good. That's a damn good basketball team. I really <laughs> like that basketball team. They're yeah. they're really good. But still, when you're UConn and we're talking about Final Four with you, you got to put that team away because that's the team right. you're playing in the Sweet 16 or the second round or whatever. Yeah, only a seven-point win yeah. from UConn over South Florida. And then they beat Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. And I know Oregon's struggling with injuries right now too and illnesses and all of that. But at the same time, they beat them. And so, you know, just like we said, Maryland doesn't use their situation with lack of bodies as an excuse. Same goes for, for Oregon in that way. Yeah. Um, but South Florida, I mean, they have probably about 20 sets that they run. So <laughs> good luck trying to scout that squad, but they're so tough on defense. Yes. I mean, you know, it was what UConn had 60 points. Yeah. It wasn't in the eighties and nineties. Like they held them, you know, down and had uh, 53 of their own, but they clearly, obviously UConn had more points. Right. Yeah. But clearly that game was played at the pace and style of South Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, they won in that regard. They didn't win by scoring more points, but they won in style of play right. and held UConn well below their season average of points. Right. Uh, and we're totally going long on this podcast because I just looked down at the <laughs> it's timer. Okay. It's 54 seconds and I have a lot more stuff to say. Um, <laughs> it's all good. So which uh, which game are you looking most forward to this weekend? Let me let me get we have our we have our little um, her hoop stats previews here. Uh, if you go to herhoopstats.com on the front, we have our like little um, notable games coming up. I'm gonna go check on the website on the yeah. Check it out, Gabe. Um, what's going on? What's, what's going on with this, guys? Oh, come on, ESPN, <laughs> help me out. Help me out. All right, now they're not sorting, and now I'm just getting all of the games. I'll just read off of our website because it's better. Okay. So we have Maryland, NC State. Uh, that would be on Thanksgiving. And we also have Indiana versus Stanford on Thanksgiving. Assuming we have – so our, our model has uh, NC State actually as a predicted winner for the NC State-Maryland game. Wow. Interestingly. And then they also have Stanford um, ahead of get, getting the win over Indiana, our model, which please don't ask me to describe it. Someone asked me at the game – like. It's someone, someone at the game, I met them and they're like, I was like, oh, I'm from her hoop stats. And they're like, oh, maybe we can help with analytics. I was like, I'm a lawyer. I don't do numbers. 
I can read you the numbers off the paper and like kind of tell you what they mean, but I can't, I can't do the whole numbers thing. That's not my, that's not my bit. So I don't know how the model works, but that's what it's saying. Which one of these two games uh, are you most excited about? Ooh, we, wow. Right. I mean, that's like asking which one of my three children I love the most. Like it's I, uh, both of those games are so intriguing to me. I, I don't think I could choose one of them. I think, you know, obviously you want Maryland to be healthy in that game. Um, but obviously that, I don't know, the Indiana Stanford game, for some reason, when you said it out loud, I, right. I'm really anxious to see the all five returning starters for Indiana battle the reigning champions. I don't mm. know. There's something about that game that is intriguing to me um, defensively um, for Indiana. Can they do that same number against Tar Vanderveer squad? And I, I think that's going to be such a great one. But the Maryland-NC State game, okay, Maryland and NC State were in the ACC, and my youngest son, Jordan, always says back in the 1900s when you played mom, I get it, <laughs> and that's fine because it's actually true, but it sounds way further back than it actually was. But anyway, um, but that was always such a great game, uh, Maryland and NC State, and just the history behind it with Chris Weller and, and Kay Yao and the late, great Kay Yao. But Chris Weller was at that Maryland Baylor yes, game. Yeah, sorry. And um, so great to see her after that really bad car accident she had last year, but mm -hmm. she was there. I just think the history of the game is going to be more of the story for me watching that Maryland NC state game and all of the vibe and, uh, you know, adrenaline that, that comes yeah. from hearing those two names out. This is but, the Christy Winters Scott yeah. versus Debbie Antonelli matchup. I um, know. I'm also Maryland's still, sure Mar Maryland's still in the ACC. Maryland's still in the ACC. Just for me, Maryland's still neck yeah, neck, neck up. In my in my mind, Maryland's still Nancy. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I do. Really I think I'm really really excited for that Maryland matchup. I, I am yeah. a little worried about the, um, you know, conditioning of Maryland. Like that's this is a lot because uh, they're going to need to run up and down to win this game, and that's what they love to do. I'm just worried about you know those tired legs coming up. But I, I still I'm I'm fairly confident here that Maryland can can pull out that win. I think mm -hmm. NC State of the top five teams. Actually, let me know if you agree with this. NC State okay. of the top five teams has been the most, the, the shakiest to me. Uh, maybe that in Stanford. I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, Stanford has a loss this season at NC State also. I just think that, you know, it's not the fact that they have losses, yeah. but the way that they looked in the mm -hmm. loss, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, and I hate to say this too, because it, it kind of paints a, um, a different picture that I, I'm trying to describe, but when you lose games, obviously you don't score enough points. I get it. But it's almost like what I said about South Florida, like it's a style of play that, mm -hmm. that wins out and, and you hope that your style of play gives you more points. So you win it, but you know, sometimes you can not play well and right. win and then play great and give everything and still lose. With that being said with NC state, and Stanford in the games that they have lost, I don't think they played their best basketball. Nope. I think they were both dictated to. And I think that goes with what you were saying, just, you know, how they're a little bit shaky in that regard. Like, can they put the clamps on? Can they get the buckets necessary to win? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the bottom line. That's what you're looking for. And it's not who you play, where you play. It's how you play to me. And I think there's a different vibe in the locker room after the game when you know that your team did every single thing. They dotted every I, crossed every T, and just came up short. Yep. Then when man, we got hammered on the glass, we turned it over too many times, like you didn't play your best. That's tougher to, to deal with, uh, knowing that 
you left a lot of meat on the bone. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you do your job, you did your best, poured it all out. I mean, coaches can live with that more so than the other way around. Yeah. No. And, and we'll see. I don't want to, you know, you know, pile on NC state for just losing one game. Like they have looked oh, pretty, they've won, yeah. they've won their next few games easily. And they played a pretty good Kansas state team who, who right. you know, probably mid tier in the big 12. And that's a nice win. And you look, you look at this roster, uh, Kunane, Brown Turner, Johnson, Perez, Jones, Crutchfield, like that's that top six, what did you say? Six players. Yeah. That top six players may be the best mix in the country. And especially if you're going up Mm -hmm. against a little bit of an injured Maryland team, definitely has a chance to win. Um, But, you know, I do want to see them kind of show me like, not just win. Don't just win it. Like you're saying, like, don't just win it, play really well at the same time. Exactly. I think I'm, the, uh, but I'm with you though. Like I think I'm more interested in this Indiana Stanford game because I I know mostly what Maryland and NC State are about. I'm right. not sure what Stanford and Indiana are about in terms of like getting in terms of the Final Four this year. Obviously, okay. Stanford was great last year, but mm-hmm. they have been you know very up and down. Uh, they just snuck by Gonzaga. And mm-hmm. they didn't have Haley Jones in this game. Haley, jo- uh, Haley Jones did travel to okay, uh, to the Bahamas, I believe. Good Bahamas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, Michelle Smith uh, just uh, reading the tweet about Haley Jones and said it took Stanford 19 hours to get from Spokane, uh, where they were playing, Ooh. to the Bahamas. So we need some well, points. Well, you got to get off that plane and go right to the beach and decompress. <laughs> yes. I mean, at least they're in a beautiful place. So yeah, <laughs> they it's, got not, there. it's not bad. Again, it, next year we will be at this, at this tournament. I swear, I swear Let's we'll be go. at this tournament. Uh, and we'll I, be in Paris too for the Olympics. Those we two will things be in Paris. Are, no, we will in, be in Paris, but that's, that's, there. that's further out next year. You know, guess yeah. at the, that's that little goal. <laughs> step ups, step ups. So courtside, okay. courtside, beachside next year first. That's right. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, but, but Indiana, I don't know. I mean, I didn't come into this year thinking I would be having Indiana as a as a top top team because they, you know, you saw what they did last year and they were really yeah. good, but they were a step below. I'd say a step below mm-hmm. those teams at the top of the pack mm-hmm. this year at least in the game against Kentucky. And then their other games so far, they've looked really good. They do have an eight-point eight yeah. win against Quinnipiac. I did not mm-hmm. see that game. If someone could tell me what happened, let me know. <laughs> I just I I love, saw the sport. I, I love their mix of seniors, of veteran leadership, and how they can beat you in a bunch of different ways. So Indiana, to me, like, do you see this team as a Final Four favorite right now? I, I think they have what it takes. I love that Mackenzie Holmes is doing what yes. she's doing on the interior and Grace Berger too, for that matter. I mean, she has been phenomenally consistent, um, but Allie Padberg, I mean, that's, that's where they hang their hat with mm-hmm. what she's able to do. I mean, she's in her eighth season. <laughs> she's 25. I mean, she has the experience, but Terry Morin, I mean, no one talks about her enough and what she's been able to do with this program. I mean, the only team in the big 10 last year, to make it out of the sweet 16. I mean, there are four teams in the sweet 16 and they were the only one to get to the elite eight. So, I mean, they've done it with defense and I think that's been most impressive to, to see, but uh, you know, like you said, I I just think they're flying under the radar, but Mm -hmm. those are the teams that can come back and and bite you as the dark horse, you know? And I think with five returning starters, they know one another so well. 
But I think for them to continue to do well and advance, I mean, their their second team is going to have to come in and, and really do great work. Yep. No, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see. Again, this is a game. As I mentioned when we started talking about this, this is a game where we're going to find out a lot about both these teams. Yeah in a way that I don't think is going to happen in Maryland-NC State. Like, hey, hey, whatever happens in that Maryland-NC State game, I'm pretty sure both those teams uh, can be there in the Final Four. Yeah. I think yeah. my answer for either Stanford or Indiana will depend on how they perform this weekend, not just in this game. Because remember, it's it's not a tournament, but it's, you know, it's like everyone's playing each yeah. other. So yeah. we're, we're going to find out a lot about it, um, <laughs> about those teams. So that's Thursday. That's your pre-Thanksgiving. Can't wait. Uh, food you know your pre-thanksgiving okay. breakfast yeah don't eat breakfast you just eat brunch. basketball yeah yeah there you go you don't eat breakfast just brunching and basketball <laughs> uh and then on friday when you have your turkey hangover i really i think this missouri state virginia tech game is going to be interesting and then in the yeah. same way as as this uh indiana game that we're gonna find out a lot more about virginia tech because this is a team that is a dark horse to me in the acc mm-hmm. to win it to win that conference yeah uh yeah. elizabeth kitley's been awesome and she i think has. Missouri State is going to be their biggest test of the early mm-hmm. season. So we're going to find out if they can hang with the team that's been to the tournament, been there, done that, has a program that has been further than Virginia Tech has ever been. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so I, I run, I'm really, really interested in that one. Uh, I'll read you off a couple more and then you can give me your okay. reactions. So we got Stanford, South Florida, same Baja Mar tournament, going to be awesome. Uh, let's see here. The other ones are on this only on Friday. Jesus Christ. All right. (laughs) Saturday, we got my Miami hurricanes against Indiana. I'm not sure how that's going to go for us. Uh, (laughs) then we have Maryland, we have Maryland Stanford at 3 PM. Okay. Going to be awesome. Michigan, Mississippi state at four 30. Jesus guys, we need to, we need to spread these games out. This is yeah. Overlap is going to be tough, but Hey, we can, we can switch it around and use our, uh, iPads and all everything else. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, Notre, Notre Dame, Oregon State is also on Saturday at 7 p.m. And then I'll give you Sunday. Oh, there's there's only one ranked game on Sunday. Okay, cool. Hey, we got a break. You're gonna you're gonna be able to relax on Sunday, folks. Uh, only Louisville, <laughs> the only top 25 team in action is Louisville. So of those games, uh, which one are you interested in? Which team are you interested in, and and why? Well, I think you have to look at Saturday's game. With Maryland and Stanford, I think that's going to be intriguing, especially after both teams have played mm-hmm. a game in that tournament in the Bahamas. I think it's going to be interesting to see, obviously, what Maryland looks like in terms yeah. of health, but also how Stanford plays in that contest against Indiana. So I'm kind of circling that one and side-eyeing that mm-hmm. one. But I, I think all these games, I mean, it's just going to be so much fun to to watch and, and to see which teams neck up um, come out on top, but that one to me, I think it's going to be most intriguing to see how they respond from, from their first games on Thursday and then come right back on Saturday and, and compete again at a very, very high level. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that one. I'm also excited to see Miami versus Indiana because my, Miami hasn't <laughs> been on the, yeah, my, it's my team. And we haven't been on this, uh, super massive stage and I want to get better. I want to get a better idea of what to expect before they come up to, uh, Maryland and I'm going to yeah. that I'm going to that game as media and not as a fan. So <laughs> I want to get a little bit more idea of what to expect when that, when that game comes by. Um, right. it, Miami, Miami has looked pretty good. I don't think they're on mm-hmm. Indiana's level, but they're, they're, they're squirrely. Uh, and again, that I'm excited to see uh, Virginia tech in Puerto Rico as well. Yeah. Um, that's uh, I mean, we've gone almost an hour and 10 minutes. 
Oh boy. Um, although it'll be shorter because I figured out <laughs> like I, I figured out how to just like delete silences. You can do that. So oh, see? compress. Comes condensed. Get it in there. <laughs> um, I like it. I like it. it. It'll still it'll still be long. The software is not that good. That's so uh, that's all the games I got. I think we're in for a heck of a week. Um, and, you know, hopefully we don't have the big turkey hangovers and hopefully we don't have the basketball hangovers and hopefully your family is okay with you watching. I don't know. It's probably like eight hours of basketball <laughs> over the week. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't mind. They, you know, I, I'm to myself anyway, so it's good. I just yeah. find a little corner and scream at the TV. <laughs> so it's they, they understand. So good thing are you are there, good are, thing. what are your what are your thanksgiving plans we forgot to do this what are, oh i'm just gonna be with my mom and my brother yeah. and his wife are coming and Bree's coming home from georgetown, from georgetown and so we're all going to be all together uh having the turkey hangover you were talking about yeah. so hopefully i have a turkey hangover hopefully it's like, <laughs> i'm filled with with joy and and food that day yeah. so are, are, are all the kids home Yes, yes, oh, so that'll be fun. So all the grands, my niece is coming to my brother's daughter, so it'll be fun. Are you staying around? Or are you going somewhere? Yeah. Are you gonna be? I go. To, Emily's uh, gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> watching so, games and, with you. Yeah, and so we go to uh, my in-laws' house because now we're married. Oh, uh, we go to my in-laws' house in rural North Carolina. It's in Lawsonville. Um, okay. It's actually close to Winston Salem, so Wake Forest, oh. and I'm actually going to see wake forest play against high point i'm dragging the family to a women's basketball game <laughs> love it oh, high, see, high point has a lovely new arena i really wanted to check it out and i was like hey we get to watch wake forest at the same time so we're, we're gonna go uh to that on wednesday night uh and then okay. we'll have a bunch of turkey but the wi-fi is not good so i like envision myself having a mental breakdown i'm just like (laughs) yelling at my computer so i'll end up probably watching these games on my phone and don't expect much video content from me after tomorrow because yeah we we don't have the wi-fi out there yeah (laughs) i'm gonna take this time on this platform to ask CenturyLink to increase the wi-fi capacity to lawsonville north carolina because we need it tell them tweet at them too tweet at them too because tweets Uh, tweets work i got a I got in a huge fight with these people last year because they, I, I won't tell the story, but I got in a huge fight with them. I had to find people. I had to like find the local volleyball, like referee association to contact oh, someone that worked at the company to get them to uh, up our internet speed there. So I, I could at least watch something that's neither here nor there folks. Thanksgiving is <laughs> going to be lovely. I'm so excited for all the basketball and all the Turkey. And, and hopefully you guys are having uh, a lovely time and we're all really thankful for you. I think, you know, Christy and I love doing this and we love that you guys listen. We do. And it's, you know, I'm definitely thankful for this platform to chop it up with you, Gabe, and with all of our listeners. We certainly appreciate you guys joining us and and listening and, and forming your own opinions on, yeah. on what we're saying. That's what it's all about. We're a team out here. We all have different perspectives, but we, at the end of the day, we can all come together and and love the game. And that's what we're all thankful for at the end of the day, right? Um, especially on the end of Thanksgiving Day with all yeah. those games. So anyway, <laughs> but uh, hey, they're shutting the lights out on us for the holiday week right here. So we're going to have to go ahead and and get on out of here. We're not going home, but actually we are going home. So for Thanksgiving, so we got to get out of here and do that. (laughs) We are going home. So uh, thank you guys for listening in on this episode of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I'm Christy Winter-Scott for my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Happy Thanksgiving.